Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article that Nebraska Extension Educator Aaron Labry wrote for the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Feeding Elevated Levels of Corn Silage and Finishing Diets. Thanks for joining me today, Aaron. Yes, thanks for having me. Where in this article is based on quite a bit of research that's been done at the University of Nebraska looking at feeding different levels of corn silage and finishing diets. Share with us what that research found and how it might have application, especially in light of this year when we're seeing a lot of corn silage be harvested. Certainly. So feeding corn silage really offers some opportunity to capitalize on maximizing quality and tonnage of the whole corn plant while stockpiling large quantities of feed. And so whether you're looking at it compared to the price of corn or really just, like you said, this year from a forage standpoint and finishing diets, it really can be a cost-effective feed stuff. And so previous research has shown that partially replacing corn with corn silage and finishing diets that contain distiller's grains has lowered average daily gain, which in turn contributes to less favorable feed convergence, which makes sense because corn silage is lower in energy than corn. Um, And with this reduced average daily gain, it requires more days on feed, which ultimately leads to increased yardage and interest expenses. But depending on the price of corn, the reduction in total feed costs associated with feeding economically priced corn silage um, and distillers grains can actually offset these expenses. And the University of Nebraska has some economic data that showed a reduction in cost of gain and increase in profit per head as corn silage increased uh, when it was priced at eight or eight and a half times the price of corn standing in the field. And that was regardless of corn price. And so more specifically, the University of Nebraska did some research to compare feeding a typical backgrounding followed by a finishing diet to feeding a consistent level of silage through the entire feeding period at both a high and low inclusion level. And so these specific treatments included a group of cattle that was fed a typical backgrounding diet that had 75% silage for 70 days, followed by more of a traditional finishing diet with 15% silage. The second group of cattle was fed 45% silage for the entire feeding period. So that was more of a high silage inclusion level finishing diet. And then the third group of cattle was fed 15% silage for that entire finishing period. And so that would be more representative of a calf-fed model. And so the results from these studies have shown that cattle fed the backgrounding followed by the finishing diet resulted in similar growth performance and carcass characteristics as those cattle fed the high silage inclusion diet. And so these cattle had lower daily gains, poor feed efficiency, and required 28 more days on feed to reach the common back fat endpoint than those cattle that were fed the lower silage based diet. But the body weight Carcass weight and ribeye area were lower for cattle fed the more traditional finishing diet of with just 15% silage. And so looking at the, the economics of this, it really resulted in an additional returns of $43 per head for cattle on the high silage finishing diet and $27 per head for cattle fed the typical backgrounding followed by the, the finishing diet. And so even with those additional days on feed, feeding 45% silage through that entire finishing period really showed to be a cost-effective option for cattle producers. So I think about this option, especially for maybe farmer feeder types who 
are putting up their own corn silage, feeding out cattle, and then have the opportunity to utilize the manure from that feedlot pen back on the crop ground that that crop was grown from. There's some synergies here with feeding corn silage that maybe provided some opportunities for folks in Nebraska to take advantage of. Certainly. And like you said, that's a an excellent way for them. If they put up their own corn silage, um, that's a great way for them to market that feed resource through their own cattle. Anything else you'd like to highlight, Aaron, from these studies that might be valuable as folks thinking about feeding elevated levels of corn silage? I would just mention if you're looking for more information on silage production or management, I'd encourage you to visit our beef website and more specifically our silage for beef cattle conference page. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, this is from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. Also, Aaron mentioned the 2018 Silage for Beef Cattle Conference. There is a whole page on our beef website that has both proceedings and video recordings of that conference. If you'd like to learn more about that, I would encourage you to visit the website. 